Welcome to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast, powered by the King's University. This is a conversation to encourage and validate women on their ministry journeys. Now, let's join TKU's Julie Cole for this episode of the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. Welcome to the Women in Ministry Leadership Podcast. I'm your host today, Julie Cole, and my co-pilot is Megan Grondon. Hey, everybody. We are one half of the team that leads the Women in Ministry Leadership Program here at TKU. Today, we are honored to have our guest, Nellie Lee. And Megan, I'm going to give you the honor of introducing her Yes. To the rest of our listeners. Absolutely. So Pastor Nellie mm-hmm. is the lead pastor of Daughters of Zion Ministries, the gathering place in San Jose, California, which is a fellowship of believers who meet weekly online and quarterly in person for worship, prayer, teaching, and ministry. And there's a story behind there. <laughs> Pastor Nellie is a Bible teacher and enjoys teaching biblical truths in a way that can be easily understood and applied to everyday life. She graduated from the King's University with a Master's of Divinity, and she has an undergraduate degree in criminal justice. Also, another story there. <laughs> um, Nellie is a licensed minister and a Maxwell certified leadership coach. Her and her husband, Ivan, are the parents of two adult sons and proud grandparents of two grandchildren. So, Nellie, we are so glad to have you here with us on the podcast. We've been working together for a couple of months. Mm -hmm. Um, You joined us a few months ago as our director of student success, and I have just loved getting to know you and your story. Um, And I remember when I first when we had our first interview and I was talking to you and you were sharing your story with me, I was like, she's got to be on our podcast. She has to be on the podcast. And she said that. (laughs) I told Julie, she's got to be on there. So I would love to start out with just asking you, how did you get to where you are today? And did you always know that you would be a woman in ministry leadership? What has that journey been like for you? Wow. Well, thank you. Thank you, Julie and Megan. Wow. How did I get to where I am? Um, I've always had a passion for women and for serving. Um, At the age of 12, I told God I wanted to marry him. And so I thought that meant being a nun because I thought nuns were married to God. Wow. Um, I've always had this deep desire to know more about the Lord. And as I grew, um, I was raised Baptist. Uh, My father was a Baptist minister. And as I grew, I knew about God, but I didn't really know Jesus. I was raised in the church, but I didn't understand who they both were. I was like, yeah, there's three guys. There's the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, (laughs) and they all kind of work together. And it wasn't until um, actually college Mm -hmm. that I was seeking and going through some really hard times in college that um, the Lord really made it clear to me about who he was and that there was nothing I could do. So back up, I am a performance driven person, like just do right, right? Get good grades. And the Lord really opened and told me there was nothing I could do, that if I didn't receive Jesus, that he was the one that died for my sins, Mm -hmm. I was going to hell. And that shook my world. Mm -hmm. I was like, you mean there's nothing I can do to perform? And I remember sitting in a church when the Lord made this really, really clear Mm -hmm. to me. And I said, well, Lord, then I want Jesus. Jesus, and I just cried, Jesus, please forgive me and save me of my sins. And and it was at that point that I knew um, 
I wasn't married to God, but I knew that God had accepted my There's my proposal. <laughs> there you go. My proposal. <laughs> and that I was really um, one of his loved. Aww. And so um, immediately after that, I started serving um, at my church in the college ministry. Hmm. I wanted to teach. I wanted to study. Um, I wanted to serve. And I did in the college ministry. It's actually where I met my husband. Moving forward, I um, I knew I wanted to minister, but there weren't open doors for me yeah. in the church. Yeah. Um, I could teach the children and I could um, pray, but I couldn't do what I felt God might be saying. And that is, you know, discipling and working with. I never wanted to lead a church. I didn't mm. want to do that part. I wanted to pastor people. I wanted to help people. Um, and because my mom was a single mom, I knew that single women, single moms especially, had a real struggle sometimes. Yeah. And so um, I told the Lord, Lord, I, I'm, I'm in this all the way, but I'm going to go get a job. Because if I can only do this part time, then I probably need to, to, to work. Mm. And so um, I was in criminal justice. I um, was a super sleuth, so thought that was the great uh, degree to get. Um, I was so lost as an undergraduate. I just was like, oh, I'm good at mysteries, so I'll get a criminal justice degree. So I went and got my degree in criminal justice, and I realized I was so afraid of guns. I, I was like, I can't do this job. Um, and so it was at the time that I finished that course that, um, or my degree that um, a door opened for me to go into sales. I and so, I know the story is really, how did you get to ministry? Wow. Anyway, I went into sales and was really great at it because I felt like sales was just like evangelism. Like you get to know people, mm -hmm. you find out what the need is, you match them with the need, which is, of course, Christ, and then you offer them, you do an ask. Yeah. You ask them, you know, in sales, you ask them to buy, and in the ministry, you ask them, do you want Jesus? And so it was, it was just, it fit me, and I really flourished in sales and loved it. Um, but then there was a time when the Lord just put his hand on me and said, um, it's that's okay. You're, you're done now. Mm. I was like, Lord, I'm, I'm, I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing Bible study with the women and I'm, you know, making good money. And, and he said, no, it's, it's time for you to go into ministry. And I said, I don't know what that means. Mm. I, I, I wasn't groomed for ministry. Yeah. And at that time, I was told Megan, I had a pastor, and I told him, uh, he was an, an, an older pastor of mine, and he said, you need to um, go to the kings. You need to, he was a four-square minister, and he said, you need to find out about the kings. I said, well, pastor, I don't know of any women that have ever, like, been in ministry, like pastoring. Wow. He said, you have to go to the kings. <clears throat> he said, do you know anything about the four-square? And I said, no. And he said, do you know about Amy um, um, Simple McPherson? Mm -hmm. And he said, uh, I said, no, who is she? <laughs> and, um, and so he told me to apply. So I applied to the Kings and, um, I applied for the MDiv and the reason for the MDiv was, um, I said, Lord, what do I do? And he said, well, you can go back to school. And I said, well, what do I go for? And he didn't answer. And so I began to look at the Kings and I saw MDiv and I saw it was the most units for a master. So I figured it was the highest degree. So I applied for the MDiv. You achiever, you. I just said, well, <laughs> this is what I have to be, right? And what I realized in that journey was that there were many men in ministry that I have come in contact with that me saying I have an MDiv some way validates me. Mm. I don't know why, but it does. And so, um, and then also um, 
my pastor that I was under then said, if the MDiv is what you need for ordination, and I thought, well, you, you got to be ordained if you're going to do this. So again, not even having anyone to guide me, but hearing hmm. the Holy Spirit and yeah. every step God saying, it's okay, take yeah. the step. So I'm one of those people that didn't have um, a plan that was set out. I didn't have a denomination or a, or a board that says this is what you have to do. I literally walked with the Holy Spirit through this process of preparing for ministry. And I remember when I got to the Kings, it was amazing that I met so many individuals who were on the path that I was yeah. on. And I think that's what inspired me to just, God, I can do this because I have people around me. Mm -hmm. And so that was my beginning in, in ministry. And um, I'll just say from, from there, I, I did start a nonprofit. So you have to know about me that I am one that doesn't let barriers stop me. Neither do I spend a lot of time arguing with the barriers. I, I passed apologetics like with a B minus because I argued for two points because um, <laughs> I couldn't get a C. <laughs> but I'm just, I never had that argument. It, it takes the energy away from me achieving a goal. And mm. so every barrier that came up in my life for ministry, I figured out a way to get around it. And so uh, there was no door for me to be a woman in leadership in ministry um, uh, where I was serving. So I one day was praying at my desk in corporate America, and, and I said, Lord, what am I going to do? He said, well, start a ministry. Start a ministry for women. And I was like, what? And so um, I had no idea how to do a 501c3, but I branched out, and we just started it, got everything set up. And this ministry was really an outreach to women, but it was a worship word, prayer, um, and equipping women. And that's where Daughters of Zion was birthed. And um, I pastored many, many, many women in that ministry without being a pastor of course. Or, or a label of a pastor. Mm -hmm. And I'll get yeah. to that, what I feel about that. But, um, and I also pastored many men because husbands and sons always wanted to peek in to what we were doing. Yeah. Like, we'll sit out here, but we want to be there. And they would come to events. The women would be like, we don't want our husbands here. I'm like, well, the Lord's here, so let them be here. But I began to see that I was pastoring before anyone would give me a title of pastor. And um, so through the years, that's that's kind of where we began to go. The, the ministry at one point grew to the point where I heard the Lord say in 2022, you're a church. I said, well, God, I can't be a church. I'm not, I'm licensed in ministry. So I was licensed, mm -hmm. but I'm not ordained. And I heard you have to be an ordained person. I'm talking to God because I have no, I have no, you know, background into what really. Right. And so um, he said, I've called you a pastor. And I said, well, how am I going to do that? And um, so I went back to that older pastor that sent me to the Kings. Mm -hmm. And I said, Pastor, I feel God calling me to start church. And he said, well, you've been talking about it for 20-something years, so when are you going to do it? And I said, well, I don't know. Will you do it with me? He said, what do you need? I said, I need a board member. You got it. What do you need? I said, I need to be ordained. He says, you have it. Um, what else do you need? I said, well, I don't think, I think that's it. <laughs> and so we launched. And one of the things that I, I, I feel really impressed to say is that when you feel a call from the Lord as a woman or a man, anyone, that hearing from God the steps is so much more important to me than 
understanding what may be another road of, of, a, of a, I'm not going to say just a denomination, because if you're under a denominational cover, you need to follow sure. that. But yeah. when you're out like I was and didn't have that, mm -hmm. um, that a woman or a man, you can trust God and you can mm -hmm. trust the Holy Spirit not to let you fall. Daughters of Zion started in 2001. We have never, ever lacked for anything in that ministry. Mm -hmm. And so I think that God used that nonprofit yes. to really serve women as a way of building my courage, mm -hmm. building my faith, and building my trust in him. Yeah. So that now as I step out as a lead pastor, and I'm the lead pastor of our ministry now, um, it's kind of interesting. I, my husband's one of the members, and he calls me pastor, and I am kind of look around to see who he's talking to. <laughs> <laughs> pastor Honey. Yeah, Pastor Honey. <laughs> but one of the things that's really important in that is that I have the courage now. Yeah. I, If anyone were to come and tell me you're not a pastor, I could look at them lovingly and say, okay, but it doesn't define who I am. Right. Because yeah. the defining call of God in my life, I was doing pastoring long before the ordination, yeah. long before the opening or the converting of our yeah. nonprofit to a to a church, I was doing the ministry. Yeah. And I think that's, oh, that's so the most important thing about, so about ministry. Yeah. So. Hey there, the Women in Ministry Leadership programs available here at the King's University are near and dear to our heart. They include leadership training and dialogue on tough issues facing women in ministry leadership, small group mentoring, and an annual spiritual retreat. The Center for Women in Ministry Leadership supports female students earning degrees at TKU and is designed as a gathering place for women to experience personal and spiritual growth while navigating ministry leadership. Along with that, undergraduates are invited to join a leadership program, including retreats and small group, and graduate students can add the Wimmel concentration to their degree. Visit www.tku.edu forward slash WIML for more information. God called you pastor first. Mm. Yes, he did. And you heard him and kind of living into that and putting it on mm. until you could say that about yourself. Yeah. We have talked to young women here who have heard God call them pastor. And they're like, can, can I even say that about myself? You know, and so that's a big part of why we are here is to help women lean into that calling and begin to get comfortable learning to walk in it. Called, formed, commissioned is what yeah. we say here. But yeah. um, talking more about Daughters of Zion, when I heard a bit of your story, I thought it was interesting how your church is an online church and it stayed an online church and how that's really working. Yes. Can you share about that? Yeah, so during the pandemic is when I finally, you know, really received and could say it about myself. During the pandemic, my husband and I had moved to um, the mountains in California mm -hmm. and we couldn't find a new church because we couldn't go outside. Mm. <laughs> That's kind of hard. Tough. And so we're like, oh my goodness, what are we going to do? We're used to fellowshipping yeah. with believers. And so there were a couple of couples in our area um, that were retired as well, like we were. And they lacked that community. And so I said, hey, you know, let's start a Bible study. Let's start coming together. We can do it under the umbrella of Daughters of Zion since we're on hi hiatus now because we've got to close those services for a while while the pandemic's going on. And so we began to come together three, it was three couples studying the word of God every week and praying and inviting others in and, 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 and then it just began to grow. And so when we finally, um, 
transferred and became, or not transferred, but reclassified <clears throat> as a church, we um, had like about 11 really committed individuals that had joined our fellowship. Mm -hmm. And over from 2020 to 2022, we had been doing this every week, just meeting, just fellowshipping online. And we had gotten used to it. So when uh, the doors reopened or when I got here to California, I mean, into Texas in 2021, and we could actually go outside, California's doors still um, <laughs> hadn't opened yet. Uh -huh. We um, noticed mm -hmm. that we didn't want to let go of our fellowship. And we were in different states at that point, mm -hmm. um, but we wanted to keep that fellowship going. And so we decided we would go to churches in our area, but we would meet still online. And since then, we have grown um, tremendously. And most of the people that come, they have not, they don't have a church tradition of going to a church, which I love because we haven't taken members from other churches, right? Where God is really growing people in mm -hmm. him. And so it it's not something that's um, uncommon for them. Um, they're very used to Zooming, um, either working remote. Sure. Um, and so the culture, I think what the pandemic did is it, it did, it all of us know, it made a shift on the way that we minister. In 2020, the Lord told me, he said, you're going to need to do both and. You're going to need to be able to have an online platform and to be able to gather. I thought I was building that for my church that I had left. And I came back and said, hey, we're remote, but, you know, God said this. And they're like, yes, that's that's true. So why don't you be our online pastor? And I said, well, okay. So I told our group, you know, and they're like, no, we're, that's not our church. This is our church. And so I was like, well, Okay. All right. <laughs> I said, well, I'm going to work with them and then we'll still have our fellowship. Well, it ended up that this church, the online didn't work for them. They didn't have the mm. technology. People weren't getting on. It wasn't working. Mm. And the Lord spoke very clearly to, clearly to me because this pastor had said, we will ordain you and we want you to be, you know, a pastor, an online pastor. And the Lord spoke to me once so clearly. He said, I didn't call you to that. I didn't call you to be under another pastor. Hmm. I called you to pastor. Hmm. Now, I do have a pastor, a covering, but I was trying to be um, an associate pastor. And the online pastoring for this church would have been another pastor hmm. associate. But the Lord said, I've called you to step out hmm. and not lean on anything but me. Hmm. I want you to be the lead pastor. And so our group, when I told them that, they're like, well, good. We're wondering where you were going to get the clue because as far as we're concerned, you are our pastor. Hmm. We're a church. So sign the papers, Pastor Nelly, wow. and put them in. <laughs> and, and, um, and so that's really how the online came. We, um, part of the uh, requirement, IRS requirement for churches, and we believe a, a requirement also is that you have to have that, that um, physical fellowship. Um, but we didn't feel it had to be every Sunday. Mm. And we didn't feel it had to be every month. Um, quarterly was good for us. And so we have gone into our, we're going into our second year. And um, we meet every Sunday online. We are growing um, both in, uh, in faith in people, although I don't count numbers, Jesus had mm. 12, so I'm okay with, you know, 12. Um, but we, we were growing and we also are, um, the Lord is blessing us financially to be able to fund an outreach home for women. Wow. So it's growing, it's going, we, we worship, we pray. Um, I teach or we'll have another person that actually teaches. And then we have time for prayer and discussion about what we learned. Mm. And 
I haven't been at very many church services where someone walking in that is a seeker or someone that's trying to understand where they can have a dialogue with the pastor who just preached. Yeah. yeah. And in our congregation, because we are a smaller group, they're able to ask questions after sure. the sermon. Mm. And they're actually able to share with everyone how they're going to apply it or how God gave, what God gave them in it. And I think that's the discipleship part for me that is so um, important. And um, we love each other. We, uh, when we do get together to worship, we, we worship together. So it's just working. Hmm. It's working. Hmm. Yeah. So good. I love the way that your, um, fundraising ability (laughs) and your pastoral heart have come together to create a really powerful pack. You told me about the amazing giving that this small group of people does and this home that they support. Yes. When you meet quarterly, is that in California or is it in a it's in California location? Okay. So I fly. <clears throat> the ministry flies me into California. I'll go in on like a Friday. Um, we'll have service Friday night. I will uh, go and minister at the women's home on Saturday, and then fly out on Sunday. And um, I, I had had a, I had a prophetic word from uh, someone uh, about 20 years ago who said to me, you're going to be pastor, or you're going to be ministering uh, bi-coastally. Hmm. Wow. And I was like, okay, but you're in Georgia. So that's not really a coast, but okay. <laughs> the person I was in Georgia at that time <laughs> visiting. And so I thought, okay, Lord, well, I'm going to be in California and somewhere else, and you're going to send me like a, like a missionary or a speaker, and I'll be going back and forth. Never did I realize um, that God was saying, no, you're going to pastor in California, but you're going to live in Texas. Mm. And I was like, God, that not many people are going to buy into that. Mm-hmm. But I'll tell you, our, our congregation, <clears throat> they are, they're all over the United States. They don't care where I live. Yeah. And they fly in for the worship service when they can, at least once or twice a year out of the four. Yeah. Um, the local folks in California come and worship with us. And, um, yeah, it just works. And I, I'm still astonished. I'm just, I'm just amazed, really. Um, the home is totally paid for by this group of, of um, I love that. this Amazing. fellowship. And we have a church in California, um, a Lutheran church, that has adopted us and our home. And so they partner with us, St. Timothy's Lutheran. They partner with us to minister to these women, um, both in resources and finances and people and love. And um, I'd asked the Lord, I said, Lord, well, I'm in Texas. Should we move the home here? I mean, I can fly there, but the home should move it here. And at this point, no, because the heart of it is in California. Those who surrounded her in California and um, it's, We've got one paid part-time staff and everybody else is volunteers, but that's okay. And we've, it works. Mm. And the Lord is just ministering to women there. Yes. I'm amazed. I'm a, I tell anyone, if God tells you to do something now, don't put, don't say it can't be done because there's no way four years ago, anybody would say I could pastor a church in California and live in Texas. Yeah. Yeah. And my family is here in Texas. Yep. My friends, I work in Texas. This is where I live, but God has it different. This is so different. There's such a unique theme I hear and I experience in your life. First of all, just to encounter you is to encounter a powerful force. Mm. It's just like, what kind of a force did I just encounter? (laughs) Um, But I, even though you didn't do it for long and you didn't like guns, (laughs) 
criminal justice. I hear justice. Yes. And you call yourself a mama bear. Yes. And you have a women's home. Yes. So there's a heart that you have for people that can't help themselves or yeah. need help. Yeah. Talk to me about that. So um, when the Lord called me out of corporate, I went into uh, the nonprofit arena and um, did fundraising for a nonprofit, but always dealt with women and men who were going through either um, drug um, recovery or mm. coming out of incarceration. So I've always been around uh, individuals that may have struggled or been in some way um, uh, set aside out of society for one reason or another. And so I've never feared working with those who come out of the criminal justice system. I was just afraid of the system itself. Yeah, yeah. Um, so when I did come out of corporate America, I I applied for a job. I was sharing with Megan, so I was working. I was doing great. I was, and um, my church had a had a um, grant from uh, the county for faith based reentry services. So this is where my criminal justice yeah, comes in, right? right? I thought I got the degree, so God's never gonna. God redeems everything. Yeah, he he uses everything in your, and so this particular grant called for them uh, to help certain individuals, a number of, of individuals coming out of incarceration, to help them get acclimated into community. Well, the there were four churches that were awarded this grant. So the county of Santa Clara was paying churches to minister to people. That's only God, and. They were getting ready to lose the grant because the coordinator had retired and there was no one else in the county that had a faith-based approach. They were getting ready to basically turn it into a secular program. So my pastor at the time told me about it, and I was working at that time for um, Ronnie Lott. I was running his uh, his uh, nonprofit, and he said, we're going to shut down. We're going to lose our funding. Mm. And I knew that this program was um, a good program. I did my internship with my master's with them. So mm. I did actually okay. served wow. in the ministry. And so I said, okay, Lord, I guess I have to apply for this. And I heard the Lord say, you, you need to help them. And I thought, oh, okay. So I applied for this county position. And the job description said, we want someone with a criminal justice background and a faith background with a degree. I said, Lord, really? <laughs> Criminal justice background and a and a MDiv were the requirements. Yeah. I, I think maybe as if they wouldn't have found anyone and so the, the position would have closed. Mm -hmm. And so when I applied, I was the top candidate. I was the only one that had the criteria. Yeah. And so the Lord allowed me to go in um, and help them raise the funds. It was really to get their funds back on track and then to put the programs together so it would be sustainable. Um, that program now, it was supposed to close like five years ago and it is fully funded, a forever program with the, uh, the Santa Clara County that this program will be funded. That's only God. Yeah. And these four churches, whichever gets the grant, yeah. will continue to get funded to reach people for uh, and bring them back into community. Um, acclimating or using their faith. Um, and there were, it was, a, um, there were other um, uh, faiths that were involved. So they, they served everyone. Mm -hmm. But the thing was, if you asked me about my faith, I could share it. And so um, criminal justice to me became uh, God showing me uh, on the inside of, of the jail and the prisons that he had an army of individuals. Mm. And that those individuals needed to be loved, helped, encouraged, and discipled yeah. in order to be this force 
that really could go out and be light in darkness. Mm -hmm. And I Mm -hmm. saw God do that in the midst of this program. So he used this criminal justice degree that I thought was just my bachelor. So you could check off on a, you know, I've got a bachelor's degree because my mother was like, get a degree. I don't care what it's in, (laughs) get a degree. Um, But he used it and he used the heart that I have. Um, I remember a dream and I'll I'll say this because I think this is very pertinent. It came to me this morning. Um, I was sitting in a waiting room of a jail and I basically didn't want to be there. So I was looking for the back door. I was sitting, waiting with someone, but I was going to sneak out the back door and I went to the back door and I opened it and it was a brick. Like there was no door. And I'm like, how more vivid can this, you know, dream be? And the only way I could get out of this room was to go out through the court courtyard. And in the courtyard, there were many different individuals um, because it was a, 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 a jail and they were many different individuals, but on the wall were women hanging on the wall in white robes. And the women were just hanging on the wall. And I'm, you know, leaving because I don't know what they do here. I said, I have to get these women off the walls. So I begin to take the women off the walls. I just begin to unhook them off the walls. This is this is a real dream I had. And then in the midst of me doing that, something came up in the behind me and tried to take my satchel that I had. Mm-hmm. And I turned around with all the force that I knew of the Lord. And I just began to speak, speak to this thing and tell it, you bow down right now in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And when I said that, this whatever came after me, it shrunk, it shriveled. Mm-hmm. And all of the women sat at a table and I began to teach and I woke up. Oh my wow. word. I'm like, well, God, I mean, that's pretty clear Yeah. Yes. what you want me to do. Yes. So I can't leave this job of criminal justice because I sure was going to as soon as they raised those funds. <laughs> I know what you want me to do. And so I began to, not only the women in the, the criminal justice system, but women yes. in ministry, yes. women who were called. And so it just reaffirmed my call for the home. It reaffirmed my call for ministry to unhook women from the walls. You're hanging on the wall and on you're in hold. white, but you're on hold. Yep. And you have to come down and be equipped because God right now in this season, I feel this with all my heart, he's got need of you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's got need of your gift. And it's not what anybody can define or it's what God is calling for in this hour. And we have to get off the wall and we have to become unafraid. I grew up as a child, fear all my life of something that was always after me. I wouldn't go in the dark. I wouldn't. And that fear followed me. I I knew how to suppress it, but it followed me in my life Mm -hmm. until two years ago. Two years ago, I finally said, Lord, I don't want to fear anymore. Mm-hmm. And the and going and praying, and it was a it was a process, but the Lord delivered me of fear because I can't fear and do what you say. Mm-hmm. And right now, that's why I say if someone says to me you're not, I don't fear it. Yeah. If someone says you can't, I don't fear anymore. Mm-hmm. Because God has proven himself to me that he not only will tell me, but he'll show me. He'll walk with me. And perfect love casts out. I mean, I, I'd say it all the time, but I didn't know it. Yep. But perfect love cast, he, he cast out all fear from yeah. me. He literally did it. And now when something comes at me and I get fearful or try to get fearful, I'll sit and I'll say, but Lord, you delivered me from fear. Yeah. So I do not fear. And 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 it just, it goes. We yeah. can't we can't walk in what God wants yeah. if we're walking in fear. Yeah. Mm. So 
off the wall, ladies, we're off the walls. Yeah. <laughs> and we're right. doing things yes. extraordinary that no one yes. would have pegged us to do. Yes, yeah. that's right. Because God has, oh, he has a need of us yeah. right that's now. That's right. We just had yeah. a call. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Anybody like to give their life to the Lord? <laughs> yes, yes. I just recommitted my life. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, Nellie, we are so blessed at TKU to have you as the director of our student success program, yes. which again is that, you know, that trail of your life and helping those that need that help. Yeah. Um, what would you say to either your younger self or to a woman or a man who feels that call of God mm-hmm. and isn't sure or feels on the wall? What would you say to them? You kind of have said that, yeah. but what would be your advice mm-hmm. um, to that person? I think the first thing I would say is why not? Mm-hmm. We're always asking why, but why not? Jesus says that he made us all ministers, right? Mm. We're all called. Mm. We're all we're all part of of what he has done on the earth. We are his. And so if that's the case, then everyone should be asking what is the ministry? What do you want me to do? And I I would say to them that the Father will never turn you away if you want to serve him in a capacity. Oh yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, when my children come, I well grown children now, but when they used to come to me and bring me gifts, like frogs and snakes, because I have boys, I wouldn't, you know, I wouldn't say to them, oh my God, you know, I'd be like, oh, <laughs> thanks. And then, you know, and then teach them, these are the pets. I will get you a dog, not, not a snake. Um, but I, I believe our father, anyone, the, the younger me now, I'd like, you know what, daddy, God, Abba, He's, he's pleased mm-hmm. when we want to serve him. Mm-hmm. So why not? Mm-hmm. And I think sometimes we, especially in my younger years, I'd be like, well, God, I don't, I don't, I, I want to be humble. Like, I don't want to be this person that says I'm this. No, no. Why not? Mm-hmm. Why not step? Why not begin to train? Why not go to TKU or I'm not going to say other school because I want them to come to TKU, but why not come or, or why not go to training and be yeah. around others so that you yeah. can hear the call? Why not? Yeah. I ran. I started my undergraduate before criminal justice in religious studies at UCLA. I'm like, I was so lost. I, I didn't know what I was doing. I just wanted Jesus. And what I realized is that I had a call and I had a desire yep. Yep. at a young age. Right. Twelve. You wanted to marry him. I wanted to marry him. <laughs> I wanted to go, you know. And mm-hmm. I, and so when I transferred and, and got my degree in criminal justice, it was because I was I was disheartened. I didn't I didn't understand. I didn't know. I didn't have someone to help me. Mm-hmm. I didn't come from a, a my dad was a pastor, but my mom and dad were divorced, and I didn't have someone at home to really show me. But as I began to really seek the, and ask God to help me, I had a road that was different. Mm-hmm. And so for mm-hmm. the younger me or those who feel called, why not? Why not step in? Your daddy, Abba Father, loves us. Yes. The Holy Spirit will direct you in the way. Just be humble. You know, I had a friend, don't believe your own press. That She'd always tell me all the time, don't believe your own press. You know, believe what the word says about you, which God yeah. loves you, but it's not about you. Mm. And and walk. Just just get out there and start walking and let somebody help you mm-hmm. form. Mm-hmm. Um, I love that. That's, that's what so I would great. say. I would that. say that to our women. That's mm-hmm. great. You know, come to 
you know, Wimmo has different, come to something where people can help you shape and mold. There is a humility. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Who have been some of the key people in your life that have championed you and helped to form and mm-hmm. shape you? That's a great question. Um, it's always been another woman in ministry. Mm. I have um, very few men in ministry that have championed or, and, and I think that's because a lot of, Men in ministry, they want to keep, make sure that there's a boundary, which is good. But there have been women, senior women in my life, other female pastors. I finally, I have two female pastors that are in their 80s now, 70s and 80s. And they still, every week they call me, they pray with me. That's so Um, wonderful. They were the ones, when I did my first sermon, I remember um, a mentor of mine, she's like, you're going to preach your first sermon? And I said, yeah. She says, I'll be there. She flew in. She wow. said, I'm going to be there for you. That's so great. And, uh, and then she gave me, she she never, she always gave me feedback, but it was never negative. Even if it needed to be corrected, she would give me in a way like, sweetheart, that was great. I hear the Lord speaking through you. you know. And she would very gently give me pointers and I would, oh, that's good, mom, you know, and I'd put that together. But it was women in ministry. So I would say for the women that need to step out, don't be afraid to get or let the Lord send you a mentor, Mm -hmm. a woman that's gone before. If for nothing else, she can tell you the pitfalls not to step in and she can, you know, get her arms around you and help you. Mm. Um, I don't think that I would have even been the person that I am if God hadn't sent sent those women. I call them the Elizabeths with the right. yeah. with the Marys, yeah. right? Yeah. That we need those Elizabeths. Mm-hmm. And Elizabeth needs Mary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My mentor, she tells me, I I need you. You speak into my life. Yes. And so that partnership I think is very crucial. The other person I have is uh my pastor now that is the the overseer or oversight of of our ministry. Um really great man of God that calls me pastor. That's great. And it reminds me of, he's trying to remind me of who I am. Yeah. Um, and who says to me, what is God saying to you? Mm. He trusts you to hear him. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I think the, the, the last person I would say, someone asked me, well, you're a woman and how can you lead men? You don't have a male covering. You're, you're the lead pastor. And I always tell them, my covering is my husband. Mm. The end of the day, everything I do, I submit to him. And if he says that I can do it, then God, he and God and I are okay. Um, not that I have to ask his permission, but I, I find the protection. Yep. Now, every woman doesn't have that husband, but every woman, I believe, has a person that God will give them that they can um, submit their their leadership abilities under that can help guide them mm-hmm. and help coach them but we have to be very mm-hmm. careful that we're not looking for a father or a husband that we're really allowing god to put those people in our lives yeah. so yeah. for those that are married you know and some i run into that have unbelieving husbands but mm-hmm. i believe if we as women if we can hear the lord and submit to what god is saying that he can even speak through yeah. Um, that covering. Yeah. I'm, a, I'm a firm believer um, in that. I've, I've learned that through the years yeah. of my ministry. Yeah. So I'm sorry, I probably went further no, than you. you've no. done okay. awesome. <laughs> so and we've good. talked about so many helpful things today. Um, 
you've given us so many good keys mm -hmm. and I could talk to you for a whole day <laughs> hours. yeah and and not be bored but I want to thank our listeners for listening today and I I feel like some people listening today feel called to ministry mm -hmm. or maybe just the beginnings of it and I want to echo Nellie's words and I want to say to you why not that's right why not and if you're wanting more information or have questions about women in ministry leadership could I encourage you to check out the King's University, especially the Women in Ministry Leadership Program? We are here to encourage you and to help you along in your journey. But thank you for watching today. And if you really liked what you heard, click that subscribe button and it will let us know that we're on the right track with our podcast. Thank you again for watching today.